If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Well, the Detroit Tigers do not play a ball game on Tuesday night. It is rained out. There will be a traditional doubleheader today as you're listening to this on Wednesday. So in the meantime, we're just going to riff, as some people would say, and talk about whatever. Talk about the Tigers, baseball, etc. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Lockdown MLB, MLB rather, for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All righty. Well, as I said there in the cold, um, Tigers don't play a ball game on Tuesday. There will be two games played on Wednesday. Nice little traditional doubleheader for you. Uh, I believe the starting pitching matchup is still going to be the same. I'd imagine Reese Olsen. Maybe the order changes. I don't know which game is technically which, whatever. Uh, but I'd imagine we see Reese Olsen at some point tomorrow. Uh, so Or today, as you're listening to this, sorry. Um, so today's – I have no show notes. All day today was prepping for for uh, a game recap, was prepping to, to talk about what was happening on the field, and then boom, rug – out from under me, no ball game to talk about. Uh, I, I don't have time to put out like a mailbag episode thing and get quick responses really fast. I'm sure I would get some, uh, but I, I've already done that the last couple. So we're just going to talk just rainy day vibes, you know, just, let's just, let's just chill and talk some ball. It's the whole reason I got into this industry. It's the whole reason I, I, I love doing what I do. It's, it's what I've always wanted to do. Just just talk ball. Just chill out. Nice, you know, you're on your way to work. You're on your way home from work. You're on your lunch break. However, whenever you listen, I greatly appreciate you for allowing me to be a part of your day. But let's just talk some ball. Obviously, Tigers oriented, but there's a lot of stuff going around, uh, going around the league, going on. That's the word, around the league. Um, so maybe we dabble into some other non-Tiger stuff too, but... We're just going to see where the conversation takes me. I, I genuinely have no show notes, so let's just see what happens. Uh, we can start with Tigers news, and maybe something will break off from there. This is either going to be a great, fun episode or the worst episode ever. If it's awful, I promise we'll never do it again, and tomorrow we have games to talk about, and we can just get back into the normal flow of things. I am kind of afraid that it's going to be awful, so I apologize if it is, but just know it'll be a one-time thing if it is. Um, Bo Brisky. His um, rehab assignment is moved to AAA, which would imply that he is relatively close. Probably a couple few starts maybe in AAA. Um, Manning and Scooble also uh, doing part of their rehab starts. Scooble's still down in 
uh, high single A down in West Michigan. Um, but Bo Brisky moved, so that's that's good. And then uh, roster move that happens. Brendan White is moved to the major leagues, and Garrett Hill is optioned. Not too terribly surprised about that. Garrett Hill, I think, was more of a he can give us innings more so than uh, we think he has. He is major league ready again. Uh, and Brennan White has not had the most fantastic season in AAA. I'm sure he would tell you the same. Uh, but his stuff is really good. It'll play. Uh, he's been on the show before. You can go watch that episode or during the over the offseason. He came on the show. Great dude. Love talking ball with him. Uh, and yeah, fantastic change up, really solid fastball that he developed last season. So that'll be cool to see him. He actually got called up earlier in the year. He was the 27th man in a doubleheader, ironically, uh, and just didn't get to play at all in the doubleheader. But uh, he is back, and it looks like on the roster because Garrett, not as the 27th man, because Garrett Hill was optioned. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But hopefully, he's here for a while because I, I really like him. Uh, on and off the mound there, so we'll we'll see what he can uh, he can do with that opportunity. Um, I mean, where do we go from here? I guess honestly, before I hopped on, I was watching uh, some some of the other games around the league, and this Oakland A's reverse boycott thing is fascinating. Um, as you're listening to this, it'll already be over. Uh, but Tuesday night's game, the Oakland A's are doing a quote unquote reverse boycott where. They are packing the stands and they are giving out t-shirts that say, you know, sell the team, Fisher and whatever. Uh, it's it's really a fascinating situation. And I, I love it, to be honest. I, 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 I have a soft spot for the A's. A, just like Moneyball, every like baseball nerd really, you know, Moneyball came out. And although, oddly enough, the one thing about Moneyball that – kind of is weird to me fantastic movie one of my favorite movies ever but you ever notice how in Moneyball they just like they had a three-headed monster of a rotation Hudson Zito etc like like they had a really good rotation not mentioned once the American League MVP was on the Oakland Athletics Miguel Tejada won MVP in an A's uniform zero mention Miguel Tata. And like, I know that that's not what it's about. It's about like the players they got around them and, and, and the buildup of the team. And they lost so much talent that went on to do, you know, fantastic things and get paid so much money and they replaced them and were still good. But it's, it's not like they didn't, didn't still have the top end talent. So that always kind of threw me for a loop, but fantastic movie. And anyway, back to the main point, like this is, uh, I, I've always had a, a, a somewhat of a soft spot for the A's. Um, and, that ownership group is just a disaster. It really is. Um, Locked on A's has done a phenomenal job of covering that entire situation. If you want more of a like personable analysis on that. Um, but golly, the, the making it public, making it like we're going to move to Vegas. We're making that public years in advance of when you plan on doing so. Like, you're only going to drive the few fans you already had at the ballpark because you traded all your best players away for the fifth time in my lifetime. Like, it's just, it's literally the Oakland A's cycle. That's what it's called, right? You have all your players. You get competitive and good. They all hit six years of service. You trade them all away for prospects. You suck for three years. Then you promote them and or whatever. They find their footing. They improve. 
Then you're good again. Then you trade them all away. And the cycle just continues. No, it, it, it has to be impossible to be an A's fan for so many people. Like in, in, in this generation, you know no one's going to be on the team past five years. You have no long-term players. That's mind-boggling. That, that's such a disservice to the game of baseball. Like, if you're not, don't be an owner of a team, dog. And I know that we could very easily flip this into a Chris Illich conversation and and and, and it would sound rather similar. But, um, like, at least they've shown, at least the Tigers' ownership has given out some long-term deals at some point in the last even five years. I mean, golly. That, that, so I, I, while I think the reverse boycott is, when I first heard about it, I thought it was strange. I, I love it. And then there was that whole controversy earlier when, you know, Ace fans all have like the sell the team signs at the games and uh, the MLB like Twitter account was cropping the, the videos of A's highlights. Not that there were that many, but they were cropping the video of A's highlights to like not have the signs that say sell the team in them. And they were like, oh, it was an accident. Totally not on purpose. And everyone's like, all right, dude, for sure, for sure. But that was just a crazy, that was a crazy thing that happened lately. And I, I was just reminded of it right before I hopped on air. I talked about it today too with my dad, like just a crazy, crazy scenario. Um, and I, I hope it goes well. I hope they accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. Uh, there's been some movement in, uh, I guess, Nevada, like the, the state, I'm not, I don't understand all the intricacies of what it takes to move a franchise to a different state. But I, I know that there was a holdup at one point, but then Nevada also said that they're like ready and, and have the money, but then there was still a holdup on ownership side. And it's been an absolute disaster. And I feel so unbelievably bad for Oakland athletics fans. And I hope that uh, no matter what happens, with the future of the A's that, uh, you know, this night, Tuesday night goes the way they want it to. And, and I don't know, they can at least have some fun maybe for a change. Um, okay. Let's keep talking about whatever. I want to talk about Ellie De La Cruz actually, because he's also awesome. And I promise we'll get into tiger stuff as well. There's plenty of tiger stuff we can choose from. I don't just want this to be like all around baseball kind of thing and no tigers talk. Most of it will still be the tigers, but I do want to talk about Ellie De La Cruz because he's awesome. But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at Game Time. Game Time is the definition of clutch. I tell you guys all the time, you can forget planning months in advance because Game Time has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always have the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get tickets, sorry, images of your tickets before you buy them. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can get your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps. They're on your phone. Boom. No digging through your wallet, your purse, uh, your, your email, etc. So you can snag the tickets without the stress at Game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, and use code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment two here of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for making us your first listen every single day, uh, even when the Tigers don't even play a ball game. Because that's how awesome y'all are. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in 
every day. Um, wow, Drew Smith just got tossed after throwing one pitch. Substance. That substance check will get you. It'll get you every time. The Mets are a whole conversation. I don't know if we even have time to really break down the entire Mets thing. That's just a – oh, man. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. I'm not going to come on here and say that I expected them to be this bad, but we talked about in our preseason – conversation and then we went through like Pakota projections and all that we were talking about the Mets and just like you know the the Mets have spent more money than like any team ever has ever and yet the you know parts of their lineup could be a little bit better so it's an interesting situation they're pitching really Verlander hasn't been the same Scherzer has certainly not been the same uh just a wild situation all around to be honest so the Mets are definitely a team to watch just for I don't know, entertainment one way or another. Ellie De La Cruz is awesome. The Cincinnati Reds in general are awesome. And you know what's not getting talked about? The AL Central gets a ton of heat for being a joke. And it is. Not trying to tell you it's not. The NL Central is barely better. Barely. Barely. Okay? The NL Central is always. Not always. That's not fair. Is top to bottom. Pretty similar as far as jokeness rating to the AL Central. Their first place team isn't 500, but it's only a few games. What three, four, five games over 500? You you, you still got uh, like the Reds are in the thick of it, and they're and they're under 500, and they're in the thick of the division race at the moment. But Ellie De La Cruz is awesome. He's great for baseball. He's fantastic. There's also going to be uh, like I don't, I don't want to say a rivalry, but it's just it's wild to see. O'Neill Cruz and Ellie De La Cruz, same division, same position, same like build. Like they're both 165, 167. <laughs> and they're both very fast, but also just hit the ball 110 miles an hour off the bat. Like it's crazy. It's like they're, they're the prototype modern day shortstop and they're both in the same division with the same last name. So that'll be a, a cool storyline and, and you know, potential team rivalry if both of them the Pirates are doing a lot better this year, obviously. Uh, so if both teams kind of take a, an uptick in production, you could see a, a team rivalry there led by uh, Cruz and Cruz, which would be kind of cool. But yeah, Ellie De La Cruz is electric, man. That ground ball, he had a ground ball to first that was fielded by the first baseman. And I know it was Adam Wainwright, and Adam Wainwright is, is you know, in his 40s now. But still a, a, a very impressive. He got down the line. I think they said he was the quickest home to first in baseball this year. I, I just, I love him. He's so fun to watch. Um, let's think about some Tiger stuff to talk about. I guess we can talk about the Alavila thing. Everybody is, uh, I've been asked a billion times about the Alavila thing. He was a guest on a podcast for those who aren't aware. Foul Territory, I believe, is the name of the show. Uh, it's on YouTube is, is how I watch the clip. Um, but I'm sure they have it on, on other platforms as well. Um, Todd Frazier is on the panel. Uh, I'm not sure if it's his podcast or whatever, but he was one of the dudes that was asking questions to Al Avila. Uh, and yeah, Al was just a guest on this show. And they asked him about some other baseball stuff. And then they got a little more nitty gritty and started talking about Tiger specific stuff. And Al is just gave the most Al answers ever. Like he... He 
kind of said a lot without saying too terribly much. I, I do give him credit for not running away from the questions entirely. Like I give him credit for going on a platform, going on a public space and talking about his time as Tigers GM. I do give him a lot of credit for that because uh, honestly, I, I didn't think that that would ever happen. So I, I give him all the credit in the world for doing that. Uh, that being said, the answers were like, what do you, what trades did you do well? And what trades did you regret or whatever? And, and it's just like, I don't really care. And it's not a, it's not a, I very much care about the current state of the franchise that that man left, which is not great. I, I very much care about that. And he called the Tigers a sleeping giant. I hope so. I hope you're right, pal. I really do. Uh, but I just, I don't care about what he has to say anymore. Like, he can't hurt me anymore. He's hurt me enough over the last seven years, eight years. I, I, okay, like, yes, you, you the Castellanos for Alex Lang trade, a good one. Half a season of Castellanos for Alex Lang, that, that looks like a beauty. Sure, dude. Half a season of Daniel Norris for Reese Olsen. Looking great. Good job. That, and, and like he admitted, he said, you know, the Paredes trade, not great. Of course, we're, we're all very well of that, well aware of that situation. And then, like he talked about the Verlander one, and he said some word salad along the lines of, "That was a good trade that didn't work out, so a bad trade." <laughs> what does that mean, dude? What does that mean? It's a good trade that didn't work out. Oh, so a bad trade. Thank you. Thanks so much for that. What are we talking about? Like, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to get myself worked up, and I, like, refuse to let him do that to me anymore. Like, I I just, I, I really don't care what he has to say about the Tigers these days. He's not in charge. He has no affiliation with the Detroit Tigers organization anymore. I could, he could have gone on there and said, this team's going to suck for the next 20 years, or he could have gone on there and said, this team's going to win the World Series every year for the next 10. Both probably a little delusional, and I wouldn't have cared either way. I just, I genuinely, and I I know that's like not the answer, you know, people probably don't want that answer, but like, I, I don't, I don't care what Al Avila has to say in 2023 when he's not a part of the team anymore, man. Um, and I know it got some people really worked up and, and again, like I, I thought a lot of what he said was just like ridiculous nonsense, but I, I, I just, I don't care. And I'm sure Al doesn't care about what what I think about his interview while he's like chilling. <laughs> like I I I just I don't know. I, I I refuse to I refuse to to hold that man's opinion highly anymore. I, I, I spent seven years doing that. It wasn't very fun. I'm over it. Makes sense. Cool. What else we got? Um I guess, I mean, we can start talking draft. Eh, we will do draft. Let's do it. First, though, I do want to bring up Scott Harris as well, because in the same breath as Alavila comments, Scott Harris was in the public eye uh, for the first time in a while. Two days ago, as you're listening to this, I want to say, it was either Tuesday afternoon or Monday evening. I don't remember. Days just kind of blend together. Um, and... I, I just, I, I have not a ton to say. It wasn't like he said anything groundbreaking, 
But I do want to address it just because, like, our the dude in charge spoke, and that uh, hasn't happened too terribly often since he took over. So we'll get into that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, as always. Uh, just kind of riffing, as as some would say. Just about the Tigers, the state of the league, other other news stories around baseball. We're going to talk about Scott Harris here, and then we might just spend the rest of the time just talking about the draft, to be honest with you. We've got about 10 minutes left. Um, I know a, a lot of people are really itching for me to start draft coverage, and I, and I have some fun stuff planned for the draft. Uh, I'm doing a draft. I uh, This is my third or fourth year in a row doing a draft live stream with uh, Raj and Chris over at Motor City Metrics is now the uh, the, the site that they run. Uh, they also do Tigers minor league report huge in the Tigers community. If, uh, if you're, you know, in tune and, and have your ear to the ground with uh, Tigers personalities, probably isn't the right word at analysts. They're, they're very, very good analysts, very good at their jobs. Um, and so I do a draft live stream with them every year. We're doing it again. So be sure to, I'll, I'll tweet out the link and everything when it happens. Um, it'll be on their platform, not on locked on Tigers. So uh, you will, I promise I will make it very clear where to find that, but I, I do that every year. So I'm really looking forward to that, talking to them with that. And and I do have some like people lined up to come on the show and talk about prospects in the draft and, and you know, people who, who cover prospects for a living type of stuff to come on and kind of ask questions and pick their brain about some guys. So we, we, we have plenty of draft content coming and, and we can kind of start, we can kick that off today. Why not on a rainy day? Uh, I do want to talk about this Scott Harris thing first though. Um, so I don't even know it was the economics club. Was that the name of the event? I don't even know, dude. I, I don't, there's so many events (laughs) all the time now. And I don't even know which ones I think it was the economics something or other club. Uh, and AJ Hinch was there. Scott Harris was there. Matt Shepard was there. I think Craig Monroe was there. A lot, a lot of personalities and, and higher ups within the Tigers organization. I don't believe Illich was there. Um, so he made some general comments about like, yes, we're in a rough stretch right now. This is awful. Uh, not denying that. But if you look at the season as a whole, we took a, a lot of huge step forwards in May. Um, we talked to reference the uh, amount of walks that we drew in the month of May, the amount of walks we didn't allow on the pitching side of things in the month of May. Et cetera, et cetera, just just stuff like that, and said, you know, I think he used the analogy. Uh, look, I, I I'm looking under the hood, which I don't know if he's just trying to play to like the Detroit thing or if that's actually something he says. But either way, it was just kind of funny to me. Um, and yeah, like I, I just this is uh, first off, I, I want to start, I guess, with a lot of people have been really upset that like Scott Harris isn't in the public eye a lot. Have we ever had a GM that was like around? Like genuinely, I'm genuinely asking. I'm not saying that you know to to be a jerk or like say it facetiously. Like, I, have we ever? Like, Alavila certainly wasn't out in the public eye all the time. And I know that, that we're not trying to compare Harris to Avila, but like, was Dombrowski like? Did he take questions all the time? We saw him definitely like a, around deadline time for sure. 
I don't even remember really hearing from Dombrowski during draft season. Not that Dombrowski ever really cared about the draft season. <laughs> I love Dave Dombrowski. I think he's a winner. I think he's he's one of the best GMs in the history of baseball. Um, but that dude did not care about prospects or the draft, let me tell you. Um, so I, I'm not even sure I remember that. But I, I, Dave was definitely around during like spring and was talking to the media and it's, it, it's a lot easier objectively to talk to everybody when, you know, the team's winning, like, you know, tiger fest was a thing. Tiger fest hasn't been a thing in what, almost a decade now. It's been a very long time. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really give Harris a ton of heat for just like not taking questions all the time. Um, I, that's, I don't know. That that's not like a big deal to me. Uh that that's not something that like most GMs aren't like out there taking questions every week. Like that's not like a normal thing. So I, I don't really think any certain way about that situation, but the comments themselves were just very like GM speak answers. Like he said I, I didn't I didn't get a whole lot out of it. Which is like again, I guess kind of why I don't care about Scott Harris talking because I know that that's what we're going to get. We're just going to get a lot of, uh, you know, like we got to trust the process stuff and, oh, well, you know, this, this, like he said, like this hasn't been a good stretch, but look, like we have to look at the season progress and we took, we have taken steps forward and uh, he didn't even take questions. Like he just kind of like made statements. It, 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 I don't know. I, I just, I, I find a hard time. I find it hard for me to get all like red in the face upset about some comments he made at, at an event that wasn't even like directly baseball related uh, it, when we haven't seen him in, in what a month, month and a half, two months. I don't even know. I don't know. I, I, I don't care about what you say. I, I care about your actions. Go change the bottom of the roster dog. <laughs> That's what I care about. Yeah. I, 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 if I don't hear from Scott Harris for the next year, I don't care if I enjoy the moves he's making. That's just like not a big deal to me. I know it is for some people and I'm not trying to, to, to say that, you know, to each their own, you, you feel however you want to feel about it. But like for me personally, that's just like not a big deal. I don't need to hear from my GM every week. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about drafts. The Tigers have the third pick. This is like the big talk of the town, you know, draft is approaching. It's in what? Mid-July early July, somewhere around there. And as the season has gone along, there's more and more question marks being raised about what the Tigers are going to address in the draft. I want to make one thing abundantly clear, okay? And this has always and will always be my take about the Major League Baseball draft, okay? I'm only talking about the baseball draft. I'm not talking about football. I'm not talking about basketball. Not talking about hockey. Eh, I might kind of be talking about hockey, actually, now that I think about it. But in this conversation, I'm only talking about baseball. I do not care what your quote-unquote team needs are at the major league level on the major league baseball draft. And you absolutely should never take that into consideration. Um, there are organ organizational depth is, is a different conversation but at no point should you ever make it positional you should never look and go well the major league team doesn't have a third baseman so we're going to take the best third baseman available absolutely not that's not how it works that's not how you should attack it you should be because bust happens so often 
developing into a major league baseball player is unbelievably difficult. It is the hardest sport to make it to the top at. Okay? Because, again, you have to reprove yourself five times. <laughs> Every step of the way. Promoted, reprove yourself. Promoted, reprove yourself. The pitching gets harder. Hitting a baseball is hard. You're, just, you're successful three out of ten times and you're one of the best. Right? So, you should never look at positional needs at the major league level and, level and determine that that is who you should approach, who you should take in the draft. That being said, organizational talent should be in consideration. It shouldn't be the end-all, be-all, but I understand a lot more looking at it and going, oh, we have five great offensive third baseman. Even then, if the best player in the, at your spot is a third baseman, I'm still probably taking him, to be honest. Teach him how to play second, dog. Teach him how to play right field. Use your development. Organizational development is such a big thing, and it's something that the Tigers have been so bad at for so long, and we're finally seeing them slightly, ever so slightly, turn a corner, but it feels like a mile um, the last few years, last couple of years, last two years. Um, so when talking about who we're looking at, I'm done. Oh, I don't even want to really open this can of worms because I know that everybody is just going to have their own opinion on it. I'm done with pitchers. I I really am. And, and like Paul Skeens is phenomenal. He is unbelievable. And he is going to be a phenomenal pitcher at the major league level. I genuinely believe that. Okay. And if you think that Dylan Cruz, who's probably going to go one, one, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Probably going to go one, one is the only good hitter in this draft for 20 rounds. Then get in front of a camera, take Paul Skeens and say that. Okay, but that's not true, obviously. And there is so much hitting talent in this draft. So much offensive talent at the top. So as it stands right now, currently I still think Dylan Cruz is going 1-1. I think there's a lot of rumblings that the Nationals love Skeens, which, like, more power to you, okay? You take Skeens at two, Dylan Cruz goes one to the Pirates. That leaves the Tigers at three. Let's pretend that that's what happens. I think that's a slam dunk. Wyatt Langford is the pick. I think you don't even wait. You send in that card the second the the, the Tigers are now on the clock. Oh, the Tigers are off the clock two seconds later. I think you just send it in. Now it gets a little interesting because Langford has had a really solid season and there's no guarantee that Skeens is going two to the Nationals. There's not even a guarantee right now that Cruz is going one. So let's play this game, okay? Because I feel like there's not much of a conversation around if Skeens and Cruz go. I think most people are on board. Take Wyatt Langford at three, the outfielder from Florida. If the top two picks are Dylan Cruz and Wyatt Langford, that's where all heck breaks loose. Skeens is probably the best player available, but he's a pitcher. And this team, organization, top to bottom, major league, triple A, double A, single A, pick a level, it's true, needs bats like crazy. 
we are on year two of one of the worst offensive stretches in the history of an organization that's over 100 years old. Get some freaking bats. Do I care what position they play? No. I care that they rake. Okay? That's what we need. So I'm still not taking Skeens. Again, even though I think he's going to be a phenomenal pitcher. I truly do. Like, there, you could use the word generational and I wouldn't dismiss it. But there's so much offensive talent in this draft. If that happens, for me, it's a two-man race between Walter Jenkins and Max Clark. I love Max Clark. And really, at the end of the day, it comes down to Jenkins is going to have the higher ceiling when it comes to power. And Max Clark is going to have the higher ceiling when it comes to a better all-around athlete. He has the potential to stick in center field. Uh, Honestly, at the plate, it would be like if this is a ceiling. This is not like a guarantee. We'll see how he faces and how he looks against pro ball. But to me, it would kind of be like if Colt Keith was like a athletic center fielder. Like at the plate, that's who he reminds me of. He's 6'1", 190. He's not like a huge guy. And Jenkins is a big guy, you know, 6'3", 6'4", over 200 pounds. Like he, he's got the power the power potential for sure. But like we're seeing a lot of players these days that that aren't, you know, these big giant like in the 90s, the, the, the Mark McGuire's of the world that are still able to – hit 40 doubles and hit 30 homers. And uh, so I, I love Max Clark, but I totally understand, Hey, we need power badly. This dude can be a great all around hitter. He can be uh, uh, probably a corner outfielder long-term. We're going to bring in Walker Jenkins. Understand that too. Now today we'll end on this. Uh, today there was a, a little bit of rumbling from a lot of people uh, in, in the Tigers Twitter community about Kyle Teal who is a, the catcher for Virginia. He is almost assuredly the best catcher in the draft. I love catchers, okay? And in the Jackson Job draft, uh, if you followed me along back then, the guy who ended up going number one overall to the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, was comfortably my favorite prospect in that draft. Uh, and he started off down in like the thirties and rocketed his way up and, and, and whatever. Uh, so I, I love my catchers. Everybody's well aware of that. Um, to me, and I, I think he will be a, again, a good major league baseball player, not denying that. I think he'll, he has the potential to be really solid defensively while being, uh, like an above average hitter type of player. Absolutely. All true. Um, that all being said, the offensive ceiling, even if you remove Langford from the conversation, the offensive ceiling still with what's left outside of Cruz and Langford is still far higher. And you just need elite hitting so badly. I have no doubt Teal is going to be a great ball player. There's a lot of these dudes in the first round that I have no doubt are going to be solid major league ball players with, with ceilings that could lead them to be higher. But you got to take the dude that you think has the highest ceiling at the plate. You need a bat. You need a, a franchise-altering bat. You need a game-changing bat. You need a, a, an impact bat 
so badly. Those are my thoughts on the draft. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow recapping two baseball games, hopefully, uh, barring weather, against the Atlanta Braves. Reese Olsen pitching in one of them. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, if you split the day, you win the series. How cool would that be, winning a series against the Braves? So we'll see what happens. We'll be back tomorrow. I appreciate y'all. Like I said, if this sucked, I'm really sorry. We will go back to regularly scheduled programming tomorrow. No hard feelings. Uh, and if it rocked, then I'm glad. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.